Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Uh, my co-host will be calling in shortly. We're having some technical difficulties on the phone. I can't seem to get him to come on the air. But I'm excited for you all to join us. I want to wish everybody a happy new year, happy 2010. Uh, I hope it's a happy and healthy one filled with uh, many good deeds and some much-needed uh, awakening. Um, our guest will be coming on shortly. I do see uh, Luna on the line, but I am waiting for Jeremy to call back before we go ahead and bring him in. Here we go. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay. Jeremy, how are you? Jeez. <laughs> the the, the um, one time that I'm early. And that yeah, I'm the one time you're exactly on time. I had so I don't know. I kept trying to bring you on air, but it wouldn't work, so I apologize yeah. for that. Yeah, whatever. But um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Gosh, Welcome. Can you believe it's the third day of 2010? I can't believe it. It's going crazy. I know I'm going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. So, well, we're going to jump right into our interview real oh, quick. because okay. Yep, because we have... Um, Luna here for uh, only the first half of our show. Boy, so is me... he punctual. Yeah, so L- Luna, welcome to the show. Hello. 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 Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Luna, can Hi. you hear <laughs> Hi. How are you? Happy New Year to you Happy and to New all Year. your listeners. Thank you. Yes, Happy New Year to <laughs> you as well. <laughs> it was actually well, an exciting New Year. We, uh, My family and friends, we had a good time. We had a little party, so... It was excellent. So we brought it in with a bang. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's the way to do it. Um, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule um, to uh, come and chat with us for a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I came across you first, Luna, by obviously the, um, the logo piece that we did, um, HIV and Me, that was featured with Angina. And um, it was so real, your story, your interview. And I, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit um, about that experience. But first, can you kind of give us uh, a little bit of a background of, like, when you were diagnosed, how old you were, and things like that. Okay. Well, actually, it was very controversial, I think, for uh, the, uh, MTV, the logo MTV special because they were um, a little taken back that I was really young. I was 14 years old when I first was infected. Um, it was from my first sexual experience, so um, it was my introduction to you know, being gay it was my introduction to a lot of things, uh, being an activist, being a spokesperson, being um, later not an artist. So I think it just, you know, sort of made me who I am today, even though I was very young at that time. So, yeah. So um, how, is, how was it being diagnosed when you were 14? Did you know what HIV was? Actually, it was a whole different time. This is back 1986. Um, <laughs> obviously 1986 was different the way people did HIV prevention and information and things like that and so uh, the information that I got was that Rock Hudson died in 1985 so that's all I knew and as, as somebody who loves Hollywood that was impactful for me but I still didn't know the information at that time and 
obviously at 14, you're self-discovering, you're sort of, you know, looking for yourself. And so upon this, I met somebody who, uh, in a way, should have been a mentor, but decided to, um, you know, uh, become sort of a friend and then later, you know, have sex with me. Uh, He was an older guy, um, and um, it basically changed my entire life. And at 14, having the doctor tell you that, uh, you know, you're HIV positive, in 1986, I was like, well, what is that, you know? And um, so obviously they taught me what they, you know, what doctors knew at that time, and so I went home thinking that I would be around for two more years because they said you live for two years at that time. That was the mentality of AIDS at that time. So it was it, it was very like, you know, um, you're diagnosed, you know, and within two years you'll develop AIDS and then you die. And so I'm thinking I'm going to die at the age of 16. Today I'm 37. <laughs> you know, in 2010 I'll be 38. And every year is like a celebration for me, and that's why New Year's is like my birthday, and that's why, you know, the day I was diagnosed is my other Christmas, and, you know, because I, I need to celebrate these days because, wow, I'm still here. A lot of my friends aren't here, you know, and I've seen a lot of, you know, friends of mine just go, you know, and so um, so that's where the activist was born. So, <clears throat> Luna, this is Jeremy. I'm sorry, I was taking a sip Hi. of water at the same time. Hi. <laughs> so I watched, I, I watched um, your interview with Angina. First of all, is she not the bomb? Yes, she looked excellent. She looked prettier in person, actually. Oh, is that even possible? <laughs> anyway, so you've been positive for, what, 23, 25, 24 years now? Yeah, about. In 2010, it'll be 24 years, yeah. Okay. And so th- I'm, I'm wondering, because you were 14, how old was the guy? Uh, 30. 30? <laughs> yeah. That's why That's why Logo needed to cut that part out. And there were certain things that I did talk about that Logo couldn't air because it was kind of, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, I want to, were you making those decisions for yourself at 14, or were, do you think that you were um, kind of seduced into it? Uh, it's, uh, okay. <clears throat> I think I was seduced into it because um, what happened, this is, it's actually an evolution because what happened is that I came upon a cruising area. And, you know, when you're gay, you don't know these things. Like nobody, you don't get a gay manual that says, okay, men cruise like this and you're supposed to do that. And, you know, like there's nothing mm-hmm. that really teaches us what we're supposed to do as gay men. So we go as we see. And so I'm walking my dog, Buster. <laughs> and I came upon a cruising area in City College in New York City. And that was a, a fab, notorious, uh, you know, cruising spot for men of color. And there were beautiful men in there. And, you know, but I didn't know that. I was just walking my dog. And when I caught two guys in the act, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh, you know, I was intrigued. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> when I met the guy, um, that I met later, um, you know, he, he sort of was like a, a friend. He became sort of like, in a way, a mentor in a way. And so I think that he took the fact that I was so gullible because I really didn't even know that two men could do what they could do. I didn't know that. I thought gay at that time was 
I like pretty things. I like hanging out with girls. You know, I'm just a little different. I like old movie stars, you know, and I like to listen to Judy. You know, I thought that's what gay was because that's the stereotypical stuff that you hear. So you're like, oh, I like Judy Garland. I I, I grew up watching The Wizard of Oz. So here I am um, in the reality of it all, and I didn't know that what we were doing was actually even intercourse. And so, you know, as 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 it was happening, it was all coming together. Mm-hmm. And information for uh, young people at that time, I mean, they didn't teach about, they teach special, uh, how do you call that, sex ad, sex ed and things like that, but uh-huh. it's, it, there's nothing gay about sex ed in uh, school. <laughs> and right. so, I, you know, I thought, okay, you can't get a girl pregnant, so what happens when you're with a guy? So nobody explained any of that to me. I don't really blame anybody. It was just that that's how the times are. And if, I think that if I would have known a little bit more about, you know, using condoms, about negotiating safer sex or talking to, you know, uh, people, because uh, I wasn't exposed to people. This is the first time I'm exposed to anyone because um, I was just going home to school, school to home. Um, and it was by accident that I met somebody as I walked my dog. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so that basically just set the whole pace. And so... This guy was very friendly, and uh, he was sturdy, and, you know, I didn't, I was just self-discovering. And at first it was about, oh, your dog is so cute. Oh, thank you. Um, and then that turned into, oh, my God, you're so cute. This is like a week later. Oh, well, thank you. You know, so it turned into like sort of like slowly leading to July 27, 1986. Um, I'll never forget the date. And, uh, you know, we were in City College, and he said, why don't you take the dog home and come back out? It's a nice day, so or night because it was a little towards a little bit before the evening, and um, I was like, okay, you know. So I took my dog home. My mother said, where you're going? I said, I'm gonna go hang out. I'll be back, and that turned into a little bit of intercourse that I should have not been doing. <laughs> you know, there were things that I didn't even know, and so that was my that was my exposure. That's how you know I was introduced to it all, really, um, because, again, I thought that it was all about pretty things. So, Right. Just real quick, I just want to make an announcement. We do have um, some people sitting on hold waiting to talk to you, Luna. I just wanted to let them know that they um, that we're going to take calls in about another 10 minutes. Leave us get some more questions in. They can either hang on the line and listen to the interview or hang up and call back in in about 15, 10 minutes. So just so they're not waiting, they're waiting for um, me to click Hi, over guys, to them. guys, wait for me. I'll be there in a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I, I'm putting a timeline together for everybody who's listening. Uh-huh. So Luna was 14. That was in 1986. Yeah. He was, you were infected the first time that you met this guy or? Well, it was the first, the first time, time that I had sex. But I had already, had I kind of already knew the person a little bit. All right. So. Okay. So the first time he had sex, you know, 1986, no one used protection at the time, right? No. Well, it wasn't something that you heard, you know what I mean? Right, yep. You're 14 years old, and um, frankly, you were taken advantage of at 14. But, hey, um, I'm not here to pass judgment or or anything like that. But um, so – what progressed? How how did you know to go even to get tested in 1986? Let alone at being 14 years old. What what made you get tested? Well, what's interesting about that is that I didn't go to go get tested. Like it was all by chance. What happened 
you know, obviously after being infected, you get symptoms. And so I had every symptom that's, you know, that later I found out are the symptoms to being exposed to HIV, uh, which were the night sweats. I had severe night sweats. And this is within two weeks. Within two weeks, I had every symptom in the book. And, like, my bed was soaked, and my mother was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and, um, you know, I had swollen glands, but none of this was connecting because, you know, living in Upper Manhattan in 1986, we didn't get that type of information, especially in my neighborhood, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, you know, the information was just my parents didn't know. They didn't tell me what I should know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm going through every symptom in the book, and my mother is looking at me like, oh, my God, get dressed. I think you have some form of cold or something. Let's take you to the doctor. And so I go to the ped- pediatric um, hospital here at Columbia Presbyterian, and they did uh, every test in the book. They thought I had mono. They thought I had a whole bunch of other things that young people get because at that time it was really rare to find somebody who was young and infected. And so um, I remember that she did. She was doing her fourth. This is a doctor, by the way, Deborah Cohen. Uh, she um, was uh, giving me my fourth spinal tap and um, because they were still trying to figure out what is going on here with this young man. And so I remember that they told my mother, they said, um, oh, well, first of all, they were doing this, the spinal tap and all of that. And so, you know, when you do spinal tap, you're a little bit curved so they could kind of, you know, stick the needle properly into your spine. So I remember that when she was back there, I think she kind of noticed that I was a little bit, um, you know, you could tell that you've been penetrated. <laughs> and so, um, hello, everybody's there? Oh, we're no, we're here. Okay. No, everybody's so quiet. So <laughs> We're just listening. We're wrapped um, on every word. <laughs> So, you know, you know that uh, doctors know when you've been penetrated because she happened to kind of look. And so she said, she looked at me with this, like, fisheye look, and I'll never forget this, and I've said this a million times in every article, everywhere that I've been. She said to me, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Are you homosexual, heterosexual, or heterosexual? And mind you, I, I didn't know what HIV or AIDS was at that time, except for Rock Hudson, but I definitely didn't even know what heterosexual or homosexual or bisexual was. I don't know those type of words. You know, in my neighborhood, we're like, you're a fag, you know, you're gay, you know, whatever. But I never heard any of those terms. Like, what the hell is a, a heterosexual? I didn't learn that in school. So I'm looking <laughs> at her like, are you? what is that? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she explained it as best as doctors can. And I was like, I just shrugged my shoulders because I knew that at that point that if I said, you know, I've been with a guy that I would change everything and she would go back and tell my parents. But she did go back and tell my mother um, that she thinks that I've been, you know, penetrated and whatever, and and she said she needs to do the HIV AIDS test. And I remember that my mother was a little bit offended and so was I. I was like, AIDS test, like, why, you know? And um, so they did it anyway. And, you know, obviously we waited. At that time it was even longer um, it wasn't even 20 minutes. It was like weeks uh, that you wait. And uh, within weeks, they called us back in. And they said, can you come in with your son? And we did. We went back to the pediatric department at uh, here at Columbia Presbyterian, and they said, uh, uh, you have HIV. You may develop AIDS. You may not. Um, and you have uh, two years, you know, basically two years, and that's where my two years stuck out. Like I felt like, oh, my God, I have only two years. 
So I have to do everything I could possibly fit into one lifetime in two years by the time I'm 16. So that was within my, you know, that's what I left with. They never said, come back. They never said, you need to be seen, you know, be seen regularly or anything like that. It was just, you're HIV positive. Thank you. Good night, you know. And so my parents, you know, did what they knew, you know. They took care of me as best they can. And it was a little difficult at first because I had my own little, like, you know, um, my my fork. I think I had my own, um, you know, I think I said this in the show, I had my own fork, spoon, plate, you know. Um, every time I used the, the restroom, my parents were cleaning it with Clorox and Ajax because this was, the, you know, this was the time of, you know, it was 1986, so people still were very unsure, you know. And my parents are great, you know. They just didn't know, and at that time, we all didn't know what was happening. So imagine, you know, this 14-year-old kid going, oh, shit, like, what am I supposed to do now? You know, so here I am thinking, okay, well, let me just live. But what was so great about that time was the artist, Luna, was born. (laughs) And so that my camera became my voice, and I started to photograph my sister, myself, and, you know, that goes into my art world, but, yeah. That's really the the whole layout. Like, that's literally how it happened, step by step. (laughs) So so for people who don't know, you know, uh, much about you, um, you are a photographer. You are an actor, right, an actor, an activist. Um, I've done that too. (laughs) Right, director, producer. (laughs) Yes, I do a little film here and there. (laughs) Uh, You were featured on MTV, VH1, Telemundo. Uh, Logo and PBS, just to name a few of them. You were in magazines such as Out Magazine, Pod Magazine, Advocate, Team on A&U, just to name a few of them. So you really put yourself out there since, you know, having two years to live, supposedly. And for me, somebody who's just coming around the block and starting to share my story and putting myself out there, I want to thank you for, for holding the torch for us because without the light that you and, you know, other long-term survivors are, are giving us, we kind of don't know how to find our way. So first, I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. I think it's really important that, you know, people do that. Long-term survivors still share their story. Yeah, you know, and that's why it's what, important, the, the line of work that I do, you know, like working with young people, because I know that young people need that voice, and because I was their age at one time, I know what it's like to be living with AIDS at that time. So... Um, their age, you know, from 14 up. So okay, I you work at the Gay Men's Health Crisis, right? Yes, I work at GMAC, and I do, I'm a community health specialist, and I do a lot of um, uh, social marketing campaigns. I'm in, I'm in touch with the young people. Uh, we do a lot of, definitely a lot of work between the ages of 24 and under, uh, from workshops to safer sex to uh, kiki functions and balls and, all of it. Like, we do all of it. We do videos. We do blogs, you know. Um, so it, it's it's uh, an exciting job because, really, I'm everywhere. So, um, and that's what's fun about working at GMAC. <laughs> well, that's great. The lines are filled with people who want to talk to you. So, real quick, oh, if you can just get, Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got the lines, like, literally filled. Um, well, I, really, I just want you to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel, The Luna Show, and... Um, Find out where people can, um, you know, find you on YouTube and all that before we go to the phone calls. Okay. Um, well, the Luna Show was created as an idea, a fun, silly idea at GMAC. My supervisor, Francisco, said, why don't you start a, a, a blog, you know, and he named it. He said the Luna Show, and it became sort of like a joke. But then 
as I I took it, you know, under my wing and said, you know, actually, I this is very interesting. I'm gonna do this. So I started to go and I started to interview people. And what became very interesting is that the Luna Show, you know, in a way, it came about because when you look online, anything about the house and ball community, there's always two things that people that always pop up is either Paris is burning the film. Or the other film, How Do I Look, which I'm a part of as well. Um, And so what's interesting is that, you know, things from the 1920s pop up and things from Paris is Burning, but there's nothing about really the root of what ballroom culture and and the excitement of of it all and the creativity, you know, there's no basis of it all. So I started to want to interview people from the community. And what became exciting is that people are now asking me, I want to be in your show, <laughs> you know, and, and in a way it's sort of a documentation, but, but it's not just about ballroom. It's about life. It's about being gay. It's about striving. It's about being transgender of, you know, trans woman or man and living. It's about, you know, the celebration of it all. You know, and there's HIV, there's information, there's HIV and AIDS, there's, you know, awareness of everything, all in one little tiny show that was a little idea that was like, oh, Luna, why don't you do, you know, a show, you know, for the young people. But it became so big that I had people call, you know, hitting me up on YouTube from, like, London um, and Germany about, you know, voguing and the culture that started here in New York City in Harlem. Like, that's a beautiful thing to expose it to the world in a different level, you know, and not having anything to do with Paris is Burning or, 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 or any director's ideal, but from somebody who is ballroom, and I am ballroom. I've been ballroom since 1988, you know, so I know what ballroom is about. So I try to give it, you know, the light that what, you know, that is, it deserves. So <clears throat> the Luna Show, is, it's, it's a celebration. So when you watch it, Think of me editing it with celebration and a big smile in my face. <laughs> <laughs> and the URL for that, Luna, mm-hmm. is uh, youtube.com forward slash, is it Luna Show New York, NY? Yeah. Luna Show NY, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring type in the post- Luna Show and it pops up by itself anyway. There you go. You can search on, on YouTube. I'm going to bring on these callers because i got a bunch of them. Um, area code 314. I'm going to bring you on the air. Which where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? Hello, what's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. How are you? Oh. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, Luna. Hi. Oh, is this Tony from St. Louis? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to call. I thought I was just listening, but... um. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> Actually, what's interesting is that Tony, who's on the phone, is somebody <laughs> I met on Facebook. And she is somebody who, you know, is living her life um, in St. Louis. And, um, <laughs> and she hit me up because I, you know, in some form or way, I inspired her by just being Luna on you on Facebook. And so, you know, she hit me up and we had conversations. And this is a young person, by the way, a young person who's in school doing her thing, uh, she's a drag in the uh, house and ball community. She just uh, joined my house, actually, and um, you know that's what that's what's beautiful about the Luna Show, and 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 what's beautiful about being so open is that people come to you. It's a, in a way it becomes sort of like you're a light to people, and so Tony is one of those people who 
who I met a few like a month or two ago now, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I put her under my wing, and that's what I do. That's what you know. I'm, I'm about you know talking to young people and educating them and giving them the love and support that we all need. Yeah. Tony, do you have a question, or do you want to continue um, to listen? I'm just going to continue to listen. <laughs> okay, Thank Thank you, well, thanks for calling okay. in. Thanks, <laughs> love you. See okay. you later. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Next person, area code six one seven. What's your name? Where you from? Hello. Hello. Oh, they hung up on me. That's they didn't want to talk. <laughs> Ooh, I'm scared. Oh, I think I think these are listeners. I think that they they think that they have to press one. You're supposed to press one if you want to talk, right? Yes. Area code three four seven. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Nico Legacy. Hi, Nico. Um, how are you? <laughs> um, I was I was just calling and just wanted to make an, uh, a a statement that um the things that Luna does really makes a, a difference in a lot of people's lives, especially mine in general. Um, because of the fact that I see all the positive things that he's doing, it makes me want to be more positive in my life and in the ballroom scene and in the gay scene as a whole. So. I just wanted to thank you, Luna, for being that parent that I could oh. call on if I need help or anything of that nature. Oh, I love you. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks um, for calling in. No problem. <laughs> See you later. Ten thirty. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Area code six four six. That's New York, I believe. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, hello. You strong? Hello. Know. You go to the gym and you feel mighty and. <laughs> hello. Hi. Hello. Yes. Hi. Who's this? You're on the air. Okay. Hello. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take that as somebody. Who was just listening? <laughs> Who's just listening? Don't press one if you don't want to be seen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you don't want to talk, don't press Six one. Six one seven. What's your name? Where you calling from? I think that's Boston, Hello? right? Boston Six is that you? <laughs> really, I People guess they don't want to shy. They're right? being shy. Yeah. Very yeah, I, 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 think think people, I think people's intent is to listen, and they don't want to actually ask questions. Area code 347, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Well, 347 is the number to Blog Talk Radio. Well, in New York. All right. Interesting, interesting. I, don't, I guess they were all just listening like um, the first person was your friend Tony. So yeah. was that the first time that you met Angina, Luna, when you went there? Yeah. The only, last time I saw her was on TV. So, so what know, was that like? I've, I've been open and nature positive everywhere for all my life, and she gets a little show, and I'm still trying to get a show on local. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, uh, how, you know just because she cried and, like, um, on the RuPaul show, I've been crying all my life. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, damn, I, like, that was my opportunity, you know? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, that was the first God. time I met her. She's great. She has a beautiful personality. Uh, she has great tattoos, by the way. 
And, um, you know, hopefully that wasn't the last time that her and I, you know, connect and do something. Uh, her being somebody now, a new voice for HIV, I think that it's important for uh, people who are doing the work to get together and do things. So hopefully she'll come out for the Latex Ball uh, 2010. Uh, usually it's in August. Uh, look for that. Um, it's in Roseland. And, um, yeah, so things like that. So hopefully her and I could connect and she could do some work at GMAC and things like that with the young people. Because, you know, they watch that show, you know, so. Right. So, so Luna, this is Jeremy again. Um, I have I have another follow-up question before we let you go. Uh-huh. Um, what how do you how do you think that your involvement um with the the ballroom scene um the in, in the whole the whole thing how do you think mm-hmm. that your involvement is going to advance the education of uh regarding HIV um se- sexual health for gay men especially in communities of color mhm i think if i continue to be who I am and smiling and being positive and doing positive things and educating and talking and touching and, you know, and and being a part of community, um, I think that people from my community would start to, you know, listen and be a part of it all. Um, I think that it's important that somebody like me, um, who has always been open about his status, is a part of a scene like the ballroom scene because in the ballroom scene it's all about beauty and glamour, and um, people don't want to hear the realities of life, but I think with my presence there and people knowing that, you know, Luna is Luna, and, you know, we know Luna and what he did (laughs) um, and what he went through, uh, that I think my presence alone in a way is sort of HIV prevention. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I remind people, oh, you know, that's Luna. Okay, yeah. I have to remember that. So, so, you know, just to follow up to that, Mm-hmm. How are you going to get the the people that aren't into the scene, into the ballroom scene, um, more of the heterosexual community, uh, the, the heterosexual members mm-hmm. of the of community of color? How, mm-hmm. how are we going to get them involved <clears throat> and, and get them to get into be tested mm-hmm. and uh, well, yeah. and, and talk well. about it a little bit more openly and, and honestly because. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my whole life, I have my life is totally gay. <laughs> Everything uh-huh. I do is a gay angle. But I do do uh, do things at uh, you know uh, schools uh, where I talk to young people um, about safer sex, and you know it's open. It's like, and in, in that classroom, there's probably like one gay kid there. So, um, but I I'm very open, and I I think my story is universal. I think people identify with, oh, you know, he was very young. I was young, you know well, I'm young, and, you know, this could happen to me. And I think so, you know, I think people look at that. And But I know JMAC does, and working at JMAC, I know that we do a lot of work um, outside of, you know, gay. You know, I know it's gay men's health crisis, but obviously we do a lot of work with women and children, um, and especially at uh, churches and um, agencies like that. You know, we, we do a lot of work where it's, like, targeted for the whole population, and we try to uh, make – the language very universal. So usually when I'm talking or I'm at some sort of public speaking place or something, I try to make it as universal as possible and not make it totally gay. Um, 
even though right. my experience is gay, that's where the my my population of uh, young people could identify with. But um, yeah, because, but I'm very because, open, you know. Right, I talk to my sister, and she's heterosexual, and her right. friends, you know, and my cousins, yeah. and you know. Because so there's a lot of our listeners who are not, you know, mm-hmm. who are not gay, who are not, who don't fit that mold, right? So yeah. um, just trying to figure out how because we, because. One of the more well, I mean, the information right? is the same, though, right? I mean, HIV 101 is the same for all of us, and uh, you know, being HIV positive is the same for being HIV positive for anyone else. So, right, I think so the message know, is there. Yeah, message is message. It's all universal. Yeah. It's it's our interpretations, I, you know, beyond that that take it to different levels. So, for sure. Well, well, thanks for calling in. This has been a pleasure of 30 Thank minutes. you. Hopefully I could do it again because I know, you know, I have a meeting at 10 o'clock, well, 10.30 at um, this club that I'm supposed to be at. Um, uh, so hopefully we could continue this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Yes, we're going to have a great night. Up. Have a great you night. You too. All right. Thanks. I'll take care, guys. Bye, everyone. Stay bye. Bye. <laughs> Celebrate. Bye. <laughs> and remember, everyone, you guys can um, – Take a look at The Luna Show on YouTube if you go to www.youtube.com forward slash Luna Show NY. Um, go check out his interviews and all his stuff about the ballroom scene and uh, kind of a really interesting take on it and it's very entertaining. He's um, very talented and I thank him again for you know leading the way for us and stuff like that. If you folks are out there listening would like to call ahead and talk to me and Jeremy, you can give us a call at 347-215-9442. Uh, we'll be here for the next half hour taking your calls and answering your questions. So, Jeremy, what's going on with you? Anything interesting? Oh, gosh, let's see. Um, what is going on with me? Um, let me think about that for a second. I, I, well, you know, so resolution season is here, right? Mm-hmm. January 1st came. Fell Hang asleep. on. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I didn't even <laughs> ring it in. I was sound asleep. Um, but, uh, you know, because resolutions, everybody makes resolutions this time of year, and it's just, I'm not making any more resolutions. No more. No more resolutions because I always break them. So what I've decided to do is I've decided to take it, and not to sound, not to use, you know, use an AA term, but I'm going to use an AA term. Um, but to uh, take it one day at a time and just do the best that I can do for myself this year. This I'm, I'm trying to make this year a healthier year for me. That's what's new going on. So I, I built a whole workout, um, and I've got a whole month planned out of, of the activities that I'm going to do that's going to build on each thing because – Jeremy's hit the bicentennial marker on the scale. So, and for some of you who don't know what bicentennial means, that means 200, 200 pounds. And that's not good. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I gotta, I've got to slim the waist down a few inches and um, shed a few pounds. And I also need to um, add some muscle to my uh, legs and arms because I'm starting to notice. A little, if I could turn back time. 
it, well, no, I'm starting to notice a little lipoatrophy in my in my peripherals, so yeah. um, in my legs and in my arms especially. So I, it, it's time that I need to get in front of all of that. And some of you know those of us who've been living with HIV for a long, long time, we know what this means. You know, it's like we right. got to get in front of it gotta take so that, that's that's what's going on that's what's going to be new for me going on into 2010 also i have committed to um blogging more and i put a blog out on my website positively speaking.com just in case you want to know i, I also put it on um pause i am too so just so you, yeah yeah you put a link to your your site I on pause i <laughs> wasn't that lovely yeah, I saw it. It's cool. Yeah, I need to drive up uh, readership. You know? Right? Definitely. I have to go check out Jeremy's website. Exactly. exactly. com. One of the things I did want to um, talk about, because a lot of people have been, you know, emailing me and asking me about, just because I just started meds, actually, today is a month. Oh. So um, I, I kind of wanted to talk about how my, you know, journey going through that has been, because that's a lot of, that's something that everybody out there who is newly diagnosed or is just starting is kind of questioning how is it going to be and should I start and when should I start and all these different things. And I just realized lately that, you know, the first week I was pretty good. The second week I got really, really sick. I had the chills. I was throwing up, like everything. I couldn't eat, fever. I didn't know what it was. And then the last two weeks I've been fine. And now I go and I'm checking my, you know, going to take my meds at night, and I notice that for some reason, you know, I have 60 in one and three in another. And what Obviously, another? 30 in another. I have 30 um, Travadas that I take one a day, you know, and then I take two Accentrists a day, you know, one in the morning and one uh-huh. later on at night. So uh, they should run out at the same time. Were you overdosing? I don't know because I have I still have like four Travadas left and I'm like I don't understand because I take them every day and I, I really seriously don't remember like doubling up or or miss I never miss I always take them so yeah. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> you you probably doubled up. I mean, and it happens to the best of us. It really does. But I'm so I was so good at taking them like in the morning and I must have for some reason forgot to take the Travada yep. a couple like twice in the morning and I I'm assuming that's probably what got me really sick. Probably. <laughs> and while I was throwing up because oh, you know God. what I mean? Oh, so God. it just you know what I mean? So it just it was really freaky for me that I realized that and I wonder like, is that something that's really horrible that like could affect me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, it, not if you you would have to do it for a long period of time. I mean, it's okay. like it, it, it's like with any kind of medication, right? Right. Short I mean, I know you're not a doctor, but you've been on meds a little bit longer, and you're a little bit more educated in that. So that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> it, it's it, it would have to take I mean a lot of time yeah. for it to do that. But what you need to do, Mister Robert, go to the drugstore a CVS or a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or whatever you have around you, mm-hmm. um, in the pharmacy section, they have a little pill organizer. Mm, yes. Then once a week, on Sunday Pull night, <laughs> you just sit down and you divide them out. Then you don't have this problem anymore. I, I really, I swear, I really don't think I missed one. <laughs> Could there be more pills in the bottle? Like, it's like I really, I'm good with it. Like, I take it every morning, every yeah. night. 
And I I'll, just, I'll tell you, the best way to do that is to, is to measure them out and to count yeah. them out. Because um, what I like about mine is, um, is I, I have mine actually sitting right next to me because when I hang up here, I'll be taking them. Um, my, a triplet is one pill. So I, ha I go through a mail-order pharmacy, and all of mine come prepackaged and sealed. They're not a, um, they're, 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 they're from the, uh, from the manufacturer. So the pharmacy doesn't actually count them out. Um, when you have, so, so what often happens is the pharmacist has to count out the pills for you, right? So right. They sit there and they pour them out and they go two, four, six, eight. I have been known to actually sit in the pharmacy and count every single one of them before I left because there's nothing worse than getting to the end of the month and it's like, holy crap, I don't have anything left, and yet there's two weeks left. Right. So, you know, it, it's okay to double-check what the pharmacist is doing. Absolutely, you know, because they're human. They make right. mistakes. Yeah. Well, so, Go ahead. I was going to say, when I got these, they were, like, you know, pre-sealed already. Like, um, the doctor um, gave them to me. I guess they do some sort of, um, I guess it's like for me, when the pills didn't work for me, I donated them to the to where I go, and they recycle them and distribute them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? With some sort of uh, project that they do there. And I, I, that's where I got mine from. So I was assuming that maybe they just added extra ones <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Because <laughs> that one bottle was empty and the other one was still shaking, and I was like, "This isn't right." Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's kind of freaky. Freaky. You, you know, it, it, because because some of the meds, um, especially uh, like um, protease inhibitors. I, which ones are you on? You're on Truvada and Icentris. Icentris. Okay, the Icentris. Yeah. Um, the, because it's a, um, it's, it's an entry inhibitor, mm -hmm. it can cause, if you take that overdose on that, that can cause liver failure. But I mean, you would have to take lots and lots of it. That's the one thing that, um, somebody during the study, and I have to remember now because that was one, two, three, four, five years ago when I was on that study. Holy cow. Yikes. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, well, see, I don't think I overdosed. I think I underdosed the Travada. You think you, but what I think you did is you underdosed the Travada and overdosed on the other one. Probably what you did. Yeah. May, I may have taken two eccentrists one day. Exactly. And that could have, yeah. There you go. Well, it was a scary situation, but I did like just, I just like, discovered it like two days ago and I was like, oh my Lord, this isn't right. <laughs> like it freaked me out. I'm like, this is probably why I got sick and it all clicked. So, so besides if I didn't underdose or overdose myself on any of my own meds, I think I didn't really have any side effects, which is a good thing because a lot of people are concerned about side effects when starting meds. And, you know, to say that I really haven't had any side effects is somewhat of a relief to somebody who may be sitting there worried about starting them. Right. You know, and but it's individual. It, it is absolutely individual. Um, get yourself 
like I said, get yourself a, a pill organizer. I know you don't want to break down and get one because then it's, you know. But I tell oh, you, I'll get one. It, it, it is the best thing ever, especially if you have to take pills um, in the morning and in the evening. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that way you can separate out your, because you can get the, I my mine is a seven-day uh, planner, and it's got compartments for a.m., mid-morning, uh, early afternoon and evening. So I can I put all of mine in those compartments. That way I know which ones I'm taking, and I just right. take one thing with me every day, and I just pop them when I, when I need to. But um, – but and and I gotta tell you, Dab is, is is right on the money. You know, it's like it was early doses of AZT were what it was like over. I can't remember how many milligrams it was. It was lots, and it was like every four hours. So people would be beeping and going off. You know, like at midnight to take their pills, and then get up again mm-hmm. at four o'clock and take them. You know, it, things have come along. A great deal, but um, but it's 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 individual meds. Meds, I think, have have really changed the literally have changed the face of AIDS. Absolutely, you know, one of the things that um, a lot of people were were concerned about was you know they just switched the guidelines of um, you know when people should start meds, when people shouldn't start meds. Um, and a friend of mine brought it up. We were talking on the phone, and he was, you know, about to start meds, but he was, he was, he did, he was concerned that he was being put on a meds due to the guidelines changing, and not because his health needed it. Like all of it, like he was fine and didn't need meds, and all of a sudden they changed the bracket, and now you know he's suggested that he goes on meds, and he didn't want to be put on meds. You know what I mean? For that reason. He wanted to be put on meds, you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? Not really. He didn't want to be put on meds just because the guidelines changed, because they change all the time. He wanted to be put on meds because it was his time for his body to be put on meds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think okay. a lot of people have that question. So so here, here's the all internal question that we all have to ask. When is it too early and when is it too late? Right. Right, so what they are, you know, the reason why they are saying to start meds earlier is so the it can boost your body's immune response to HIV, which then helps keep HIV levels lower for a longer period of time versus you get sick or, or you, you're – your HIV levels get to a point where they're astronomical and your T cells take a dive. Now you've done damage to the body that can't be fixed and reversed. Because once the damage is done, it can't be fixed. Right? Right. So the the guidelines are changing because they they certainly see that with earlier treatment the longer you will stay healthier, the longer you will um, it will take to to transit uh, to actually 
uh, receive an AIDS diagnosis, if at all. So it's it's tough. You know, when when is it too early? When is it too late? And talk with your and this is why everybody should talk to their doctor. This is why everybody should do as much research as they can and get to understand the science of HIV. Robert. Uh, <laughs> I was never stuff. good at science. But you don't have to be. You, all you have to do is find something that it makes sense to you, right? Because HIV is a virus. It attacks a cell. And, and this is at the basis I'm gonna I'm gonna go as as easy as I can, right? So you know HIV is what they call a retrovirus, which means it works in reverse. Okay. So it it pops in RNA instead of DNA and duplicates that way based off of your cell's DNA. It's like a little zipper. It unzips the, your cell's DNA, latches onto it, and then starts to um, replicate. So what you and that happens the instant HIV enters your bloodstream within I think what's it, like 24 hours after you've been infected. This is even before you show symptoms, even before you will test positive with an with an HIV antibody test. It has already made 30 million copies. Just yeah, see, you completely lost me. All this scientific words and all that, it's just it's too much for me. Like, it but, boggles my mind, and, and <laughs> I, I totally, like, gone. So, and, and, that, and <laughs> that's where you will get into trouble. Right. Because if you well, that's why I trust my doctor for that. <laughs> but you also need to learn, you, you need to learn about it. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm shaking my finger at the phone because I'm... I'm <laughs> you better I'm, learn. <laughs> That'll I, be I, my I, resolution. No, one no, of no. my resolutions. I'm being a mommy right now because it's, <laughs> you know, you, you, no matter how bad you were with math or science, math you have to know. You still have to add. You still have to yep. subtract because you are, um, uh, you, you know, you got to balance your checkbook. You got to pay your bills. You got to do those right. things, right? Same thing with HIV. HIV is just addition and subtraction. Right? right. You pay attention to numbers, which are the number, uh, so you pay attention to your viral load, which is the number of copies in your blood, right? The number of viruses, individual viruses in the bloodstream. You want to pay attention to your CD4 count, which is the number of actual cells that are counted when they pull that little vial, when they pull that little vial of blood. And you want to pay attention to the percentage, right? The higher the percentage, the better off you are. Now, the percentage is the ratio of CD4 cells to CD8 cells, right? Well, I won't get in there <laughs> because <laughs> I will lose almost everybody on the phone call if I start going yeah, right. <laughs> but. But you want a higher percentage. The higher percentage, so you want it in the 20s to 30s okay. is where you want your percentage, right? Because that right. means you have more healthy T cells, the CD4 cells. And your CD4 cell count should be 
over 200. All right? So, um, and, and I'll just give a perfect example. So, um, I just got my bloods back on, when did I get those back? Last week. And I think it was Thursday I got them. My uh, T cell count, or CD4 cell count, was 595. So that rose from just over 400. I, I, I fluctuate between, um, uh, um, between 400 and, and the upper fives. That's usually how I, flu I, I flux fluctuate between the two. And um, so, and my percentage was at 30%, so which means I have a high concentration of CD4 cells, which is also telling me that my uh, drugs are working really, really well. So, and I'm taking a tripla. The other levels that I look at, um, because I also happen to be co-infected with hepatitis C, so I uh, you know, I have a bad liver. Right. So I have to make sure that my um, liver enzymes are below 40, which is the ALT number. And a good ALT is between 0 and 40. All right? In August, mine was 192. That's a little high. Yeah. So... In um, just when I got them back from my December 15th visit, it was at 42. So, whew. So that's, that's much better. So put some onions on that liver. Gross. <laughs> um, reading what they're saying in the, in, the, in the chat room. But so, you know, there are things in and two HIV medicines, because remember your liver, and not to go off, too far, but the liver is the the processing plant in your body, right? right. Uh, if you will, it, it filters out the bad stuff. It filters in the good stuff. It has to process and break this stuff down so that so that um, it's then excreted into the bloodstream. All right, that's what your liver does in, in all sense and purposes. It's also one of the lar I think it's the largest organ, uh, single organ, where your lungs are pretty big, but your liver is probably the largest. I think the largest single organ isn't that your skin. Oh well, internally. <laughs> Externally, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I it's had to skin. say it. <laughs> your Something I remembered from science class. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, but um, so your liver and people with um, healthy livers that aren't infected with any kind of liver disease like hepatitis, any of them, there's, uh, to, I think there's like five or six different types of hepatitis, and um, other like cirrhosis of the liver, which is um, scarring, uh, yeah, and, um, and, and not psoriasis, but cirrhosis, yeah, right. cirrhosis what? of the liver. But um, so your liver has to process all this stuff. So it, it, it's it's hard on mine, particularly because you know my liver is trying to fight off hepatitis. It's also trying to fight, you know process all the meds. So anyway, so the higher <laughs> I went off, um, but you want to pay attention to some 
some very specific numbers on your right. I think the last time I went, my CD4 was 327, and my viral load was 5,436. So it should be interesting because I go back to the doctor's Wednesday because it'll be like a total month of me being on meds, so it's like a, a checkup. And I had blood taken the last time I was there, so I'll have even uh, more updated results mm-hmm. um, when I return to figure out. Because I think that would be a great thing for us to do would be to do a show on how to read your test results and what everything means. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people get that thing, and again, they only look at the CD4 and the viral load, and they don't realize what everything else is. And I think that would be something that would be, you know, a topic that a lot of people would be interested in, how to read their test results and what's it really mean. Yep. So I think and, that'll be a pretty interesting topic for the future. And uh, I think, you know what we should do also while we're thinking about topics of the future is we should get a doctor to come on and talk about, um, uh you know, and, and talk about how to read and how to interpret those results. Yeah, uh, maybe I, you know, maybe I'll talk to my doctor since I'm going there Friday. I know my or, doctor or Wednesday. Would love to do it. Yeah, we could. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that. But I also yeah. wanted to mention, since we're coming down to the last couple minutes of the show, again, right. I want to thank everybody yeah, for uh, for tuning in. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to everyone in the chat room. Uh, Dabs out there, David, uh, Tom from Gay Talk Radio. Uh, Jeff from HRV Cam Project, the Pink Pirate, my lovely spirit man's in the chat room. Um, but I also wanted to talk about the upcoming shows that we have um, for the rest of the month because there are five uh, Sundays uh, in this month. So, uh, again, tonight our guest was uh, Luna Legacy, um, and he was featured in HIV in Me Project with Angina on Logo, and he has a YouTube channel that everybody can find at youtube.com forward slash Luna Show and why. And then next Sunday, uh, we'll be speaking with River Houston, who has a blog on thebody.com, and she is a performer, a motivational speaker. She's a sexologist, um, and she's gonna. She's a poet and an author. She's all these amazing things, but she's really, really funny too. If you ever read her blogs on the body, it's really, really uh, hilarious. Her, uh, I think her blog name is Crimea River. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, Sunday the 17th, we're going to do an early show at 7 p.m. Um, we're going to have adult film star, author, activist, photographer, uh, actor, and model Aiden Shaw on the on the show, and he was just featured on the cover of HIV Plus magazine. Um, Sunday we're going to have Sunday the 24th, we're going to have POSIM blogger Mike B from Living with HIV, the blog on POSIM, and then on the 31st we're going to speak with a gentleman by the name of Dwayne Quintana, the executive director of Allies Linked for the Prevention of HIV and AIDS, and he was also filmed for uh, the Does HIV Look Like Me project with Hope's Voice. So again, um, so I'll send out an email to everyone for that. I want to remind everybody you can uh, join the social network at www.posim.com. Um, you know, send us some feedback. If you'd like to be a guest, you can contact us through the website. Jeremy, you can visit his website and blog at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively with a Z. Um, And, again, I want to thank Luna for coming on the show today and sharing his story. Jeremy, you have a great night. um, You too, man. Yeah, you know, 2010, who would have thought? Woohoo! We're still here, right? I'm going to be 35. (laughs) Oh, no, please. Don't leave me. 
Uh, don't cry near river. March 28th, everybody. March 28th is my birthday, and I like shiny things. Shiny things. There you yeah, go. Shiny things that are preferably like, you know, like diamonds or emeralds, <laughs> rubies. Anything that will fit either around my finger, around my neck, or in a tiara. All right. All right. I just want everybody have a great night, and thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you later, Jeremy. Have a great week. Bye, everybody.